Welcome to the Sheridan Podcast for Devotions. We're excited you've joined us today. Let this word enter your heart and may it inspire you for your week ahead. Take a moment to read through 1 John 4, 7 through 12, 18 and 19, and Isaiah 9, 2 through 7. My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God, because God is love, so you can't know him if you don't love. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. My dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. No one has seen God ever. But if we love one another, God dwells deeply within us and his love becomes complete in us. Perfect love. God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house, becomes at home and mature in us, so that we're free of worry on Judgment Day. Our standing in the world is identical to Christ's. There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment, is one not yet fully formed in love. We, though, are going to love, love, and be loved. First we were loved, now we love. He loved us first. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. For those who lived in a land of deep shadows, light, sunbursts of light, You repopulated the nation, you expanded its joy. Oh, they're so glad in your presence, festival joy. The joy of a great celebration, sharing rich gifts and warm greetings. The abuse of oppressors and the cruelty of tyrants, all the whips and clubs and curses, is gone, done away with, a deliverance as surprising and sudden as Gideon's old victory over Midian. The boots of those invading troops, along with their shirts soaked with innocent blood, will be piled in a heap and burned, a fire that will burn for days. For a child has been born, for us. The gift of a son, for us. He'll take over the running of the world. His names will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Wholeness. His ruling authority will grow, and there will be no limits to the wholeness he brings. He'll rule from the historic David throne over that promised kingdom. He'll put that kingdom on a firm footing and keep it going with fair dealing and right living, beginning now and lasting always. The zeal of God of the angels' armies will do all of this. In this week's Faith Talk Starters question listed in the bulletin, I was struck by this query. Is there something about the way you celebrate Christmas that you would like to change? My response when I'm challenged with questions like this one is, yes, of course, but I can't name what that change would be out of instinct. What is it that I actually do to celebrate Christmas? 
In our house, we acknowledge that it's Jesus' birthday and that both giving and gratefulness are attributes we want to cultivate in our young children. And I'm pretty into decorating and enjoying Christmas treats too. Beyond those fun components, Christmas can be a milestone of an internal change if we keep our palms up and look for what's out there, proclaiming the name of love. If we dwell a bit on these well-known passages on love, there is so much to process, it's almost overwhelming. But a life, or a love in this case, that goes unexamined is not worthy of our attention, in my opinion. So let's hold it up. Let's look into it deeply. Let's twist it, turn it, and take it apart. For the love we know from God can surely remain upheld by its force of lovingness. Consider 1 John 4.18. Well-formed love banishes fear. Since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment, is not one yet fully formed in love. I'm partial to this translation, the message, because it brings ancient language into our common lexicon. Quote, well-formed love, end quote, is such a simple but helpful way to see the impact of real God-breathed love. We can see here how fear prevents the full and complete experience of love as we walk this earth. I do think that we should hold some trepidation for selecting verses at will and putting them under the same category together, but when it comes to the passages on love, what is there to get wrong, really? Love is the antidote to, well, kind of everything. Up from its springs, other characteristics we want and need as humans to experience and share a loving life, like understanding, empathy, joy, kindness, and much more. And what better package of love to deliver to humanity but a baby? The embodiment of what we would call pure love. It's as if God knew the only thing that would arrest our hearts with love would be the smallest, most vulnerable love infant who came to us in such contained power. Let's love with the love that arises when we see all the world inside a baby's eyes. Let us pray. God of love, may we be present in this season by examining how your love shows us your intentions. Give us a spirit of reflection and transformation as we seek to live out a well-formed love and heal from this crippling fear. I pray that we don't hoard the fantastic revelation of love but that we share it and celebrate it. Amen.